Y'all, uh, much time do I have? Two hours. Two hours? Well. Um, first thing I want to say is uh, we've been, uh, my family and I, our team, our whole team, uh, I've been wanting to be a diver my whole life, uh, skin, you know, skin diver, you dive in the oceans and, well, freshwater too. And we, uh, so finally I got to do that. And I got certified and all and uh, been diving everywhere. If there's water, I'm in it. And I'm having a good time. I have, I have dove the top, in the top ten places over the last six months. I've been in like seven of them. Because that's where I've been preaching. All right. Now, what's this? My daughters, uh, my children follow me. It don't make any difference. They're going, whatever I'm into, they're going to do it. And uh, so the boys went first. They all got certified. And, right, but what's this? Now, my daughters... Uh, a little bit nervous of the ocean and all that. And uh, the other day, my oldest daughter Crystal got her certification off Padre Island. That's where we was at fasting, getting ready to do the next phase of what I'm doing. And uh, the, the Gulf is not that known for the clearest waters, uh, you know, to dive in. At certain times of the year, it is spectacular. Now, what we we had four dive masters. Cumulative 20,000 dives or more. These people, I don't even want to tell you their job because uh, you, anyway, it ain't important to you. Probably would be, but I'm not going to tell you. And uh, they, they, uh, they're, they're very important people to our security of the nation. Let's uh, say it like that. Uh, down there on the tip of Texas. And uh, so anyway, there we are. Now watch, you got these dive masters who have been all over the world. The one guy is the guy that taught our Navy SEALs under the polar ice caps to dive in, in dry suits with pumped hot water in. He's the man that, that did all that. All right? He's the guy that we all look to. He's bad now. I'm not kidding. And so anyway, he really loves us. Because we're, we're, our whole team is military acting. Because we're soldiers for Jesus. And I am not turning off of that. And so, now watch. All these people are down there in the water. And my youngest daughter and her husband are down there. And it's their second certified dive. It's my first, it's my daughter's first dive. Where she actually got her card. And she's down there, there at 90 feet. You know what? Now listen, God is phenomenal. You know what He sent to them? A whale shark. Largest fish on the planet. And all of those instructors in thousands upon thousands of dives have never seen one. We pray before we go, God, if you make it, we want to see it. <laughs> we go down. I mean, listen to this. You gotta, you gotta understand what I'm telling you. 
God loves you. You are not left out. You are not behind. You are not short. It, it, it's not that way. Your intellect will not help you. God's not impressed with that. That's true. But he is impressed with the anointing. I'll tell you, God touched me a while ago. That impresses heaven. Just sitting there and letting heaven touch us. And it's just, that, that, that was an amazing thing to me to, to be with some of the most, the guy that started uh, the Nawi part of diving is he's, he's a, the second guy actually is the guy that trained us. He, they write all the rules for the divers now, for Nawi and Patty and all of these things. And, and God's blessed us with these people. But listen to me. For us to go down in the water and these creatures come to us, you got to understand the dominance that you have in the Holy Ghost. You've got to get this. You, you can't let it go by. Uh, a school of tarpon, seven feet long, trophy tarpon came to the rig we was diving at and came to us, turned around and left. Barracudas, six, seven foot long, monster barracudas, come up, just get all around you, look at you and leave. God sends you things that seemingly to your flesh is fearful and dreadful. But they're not. You, you, it's the anointing you need. It's not fear you need. It's the Holy Ghost you need. You need Jesus. All right. Now, last night I read a verse. I'm going to read it again. i got to amplify it this time. Um, over in uh, Jeremiah 23, 29. I'm not making very much progress on this uh, thing, but I'm not, I'm not intending on it. I'm not, you, you know verses. You don't need me to teach you more verses. You need the anointing. You, for, for what you are going to complete and are doing in life, the anointing is what's going to make it spectacular. It's not more clothing. It's not more knowledge. It's Jesus. It's who He is in you. It's what, it's what He can produce in your spirit that's going to make those gifts, that knowledge, those things you have be more dynamic. Watch. Now watch this. Uh, she was prophesying a while ago and she was talking about gold and how it was falling and, and all of this. And, and, and it brought something up in my mind. I, I have to share this with you. There was, uh, I was over in Africa. I, I'm, I'm, I can say these people, uh, you, you don't hear this on the great crusade people and all that, but I've got the, the smell of death is dominant. They are going to die. Malaria, tuberculosis, AIDS is killing entire nations. Not small percentages. Dominant percentages. You hear me? 
You go there, you stay any length of time, you're going to get one of those diseases. It's going to happen. Dengue fever. These things are out of control. They are gone. It's... and I'm in the prayer line, you know, and I'm going along, and I and, and I get to the uh, the smell. You just it's it's repulsive. I mean, you it's, it's horrible. There's so many people that are dying that have no possible way. There's no hope. We have to produce that. You don't have the right to be cute. Most of you know so many verses, you know how to prophesy, you know how to worship, and you're cute doing it, and you get no results from it. And I'm not angry with you. I'm not at all. I'm telling you, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed fellow. (laughs) Man. But I have to get you to understand, I'm going down this prayer line, and I come upon this lady, and I'm looking at her, I'm just observing her. And she's just, she's, she's sweating because I'm in front of her. I mean, she's that nervous. And I'm just standing there. Y'all saw it last night, I'll just stand and look at somebody for a long time. And I said, what's the matter, ma'am? She says, well, I've got tuberculosis. I said, Okay. And I laid my hands on her. I said, there's something else. What, what else is it? She says, I'm dying with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I said, uh, okay. Just laying that my hands on top of her head and praying for her, putting my hands on her cheek. And, and I noticed something about her just all of a sudden. There was a speck of gold just showed up right on her forehead. And so I went by. I was going, because I just go down the line and I keep my hands on people and move through like this. And I, and I went back to her, and whenever I got back in front of her, she was just covered up in gold. Whew. That lady, her whole house had no money and no food. But God's, just His presence on her. There was more gold on her than she would have ever got money in her lifetime. I know it. And I asked her, I said, so, uh, do you understand my English okay? She says, yeah. She said, I understand fine. I said, God has just particularly touched you. And she was still nervous and sick. I said, did you put any glitter on you? She said, I don't have the money for glitter. I said, yes, ma'am, I figure that's probably right. I said, well, God has graced you. And I recently took my finger and rubbed it on her face and I showed it to her. My my whole finger was covered in gold. You've got to understand that heaven, you are a fortunate people. You're a blessed people. It came from somebody else. You are preparing for the next generation, not for yourselves. You are living off somebody else's anointing. Somebody else who cared for freedom. Somebody else who sought God before you. And here the whole time we thought it was ourselves. It's not. It's somebody else that saw Jesus. And cared enough for us, the next generation, 
to seek God so that we could have Him still in our nation. I was so blessed by her because by the, I just kept going back to her. I'd go down 10 or 15 people and I'd just walk straight back to her. And I'd just look at her and by then she was so overcome by the Holy Ghost. It's her clothes all the way down to her feet was just completely covered. And whether it was actual gold or not is irrelevant. That's not even an important issue. It was gold colored and it was beautiful and it looked really good on her. <laughs> Because the anointing is the ones of y'all that have studied means to be painted with God. God was painting her with himself. And it was a wonderful thing and he was letting us see it. And several days later, we was in the same conference and she came up and she had been to the hospital and same story. She had been healed. Arthritis was gone and the tuberculosis was gone. And they were going to have to do... yeah. They were going to have to do some more tests later because that's how tuberculosis is. But still, it's an amazing thing to me to watch heaven because there is no cure for tuberculosis after it's passed a couple of stages. There is no cure for rheumatoid arthritis after it's gone also. And when it starts running its route, it starts doing its things of, of torture and torment. It's a devil. And it must be defeated. And it's the Word of God that will defeat it. Read Jeremiah 23, 29. I'll I'll read it here in the Amplified. It says, It's not my word. This is God talking. It's not my word like fire. Of course it is. The Word of God is fire. For us who love Jesus, it's, it's a fire that brings anointing, that brings blessing, that brings honor, that brings victory, that brings the, the gratitude, the things that we want. It brings, but also it's a judgment fire. The Word of God will bring judgment and destruction, bring curses upon nations if it's not adhered to. Is not my word fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test? The only thing that can endure the test is the anointing. Everything else will fail under the pressure of the fire of God's power. Says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. I've, I've found out there's no thing that can stop the Word of God. And it's made me a very happy fellow. It really makes me aggressive. It allows me to, to do and be and say things that other people, even Christians, it annoys and makes them cringe and say, Oh, back off a little, you know. But the problem is that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, from a simple thing like God bring us a whale shark and there he shows up. You should try it. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I ain't going to get into I ain't going to tell you. I don't want to. Let me, let me read another verse to you over here in, uh, where are we going? It's Second uh, Timothy. Where is it? Did you take it out of this book? 
Mm-hmm. See, I was, I was in, uh, have y'all heard of a place called uh, Suba, uh, Fiji? It's where Jacques Cousteau's base is, his son lives there. I was there at their uh, uh, resort the other day. I uh, couldn't afford Jacques Cousteau's uh, room. He's too expensive. So we went down the road to another place, and uh, but we got the same dive. But I wasn't there to dive, but even though we did. Now, listen to me. I want to tell you, see, tribal people, uh, they're very uh, social-oriented in how they live. Uh, you, you, and if you don't live out of a, a predominant family, then your life is pretty miserable, even though you live in paradise. And and so we we were uh, um, I was having a good time with these people. I really like them. Uh, I like being around tribal people. I like the the, the submission, uh, how the elders have rights and authorities and what they can do and say and how it affects everybody's family because that's scriptural stuff that was lost by y'all. Y'all don't have that. Y'all believe that every house is dominant. And if it were to be proven, it wouldn't. It would be proven not to be true. Uh, but <clears throat> the head elder, he's like what you would think a chief. He came to me and he asked me, he says, um, I really believe that you probably won't do what I'm fixing to ask. And see, that's, that's the way a true elder is. A true elder is not a dominant force. A true elder is a person of humility that allows people to follow him. Do you hear me? He said, but there's a family of no, of no great significance that are having trouble. And they're part of my group. And they're, they're in the hospital and the woman's been in a coma and she's demon possessed. But they do love Jesus. See, that challenges a lot of your belief right there. The one phrase I just said. Um, and uh, he said, I would really like it if you'd go and lay hands on her. And, and you have to understand that I do not have the time to go and lay hands on everybody's mother or brother or uncle that's in a hospital sick. I just do not have that much time in my life with the people I'm around. But because he was the chief, inside I felt obligated to obey him. Even though he wasn't the pastor I was there with, because he was the chief of the tribe we were there working with, I was obligated, even though he said out of his own mouth, you probably don't have the time to do it, and I release you from it, but I still would like it. All of that seems like politics, and it is to a certain degree, but the thing is, he's the chief, and he has to be obeyed. <laughs> so we went to the hospital, the whole team. I mean, I took everybody. I made every pastor of dominance and everybody go with me. I mean, there was like 40 of us. I, said, I told him, if I'm going, so are you. So we all went, <laughs> and we walk in there, and it's another one of those stories. It's a hospital that I tell my wife, if I'm sick, don't take me there. 
They're butcher shops. It's where they practice medicine on people that don't have the money to stop you. And they don't give you any kind of uh, pain medicine or anything like that. They just, it's just how they do it. All right, so I was in there, and of course the odor's there, and we're walking, and there's 10 or 15 people of serious disease uh, in these rooms, and it's everything's out of control, and, every, and these contagious diseases are in with everything else. And uh, So anyway, we walk in there, and the, the, there's, this man is so humble, most of all because his chief was there, and then because I was there too, and... He was, he was beyond measure the, the epitome of humility, uh, the bottom of the social ladder on all sta- all, for all standards. And they did all their talking, and uh, so finally he asked me, he said, is there anything that God can do? And I asked him, I said, sir, are you born again? Yes. I said, how long have you been born again? My whole life. I said, you're telling me that you're born again your whole life and you still have that question in your spirit. Let me tell you something. Because of your personal circumstances, it does not change who God is. You hear me, please. If you want a stable thing in your life that will sustain you, You take that phrase and you study it in that book right there and it will sustain you through anything. Because of who you are and what's happening to you in your personal circumstances, it does not change who God is. Whether you're doing excellent or whether you're doing poorly, it doesn't change a thing. Understand? The mama was laying there in the bed. She had... uh, I don't know the right words. He had uh, uh, passed all the things you pass when you're sick. I don't know what to call it. That's real discreet. How about the bed was really messed up. Let's put it like that. And uh, it was filthy. And she was laying in it. And her whole family was there. There, there weren't any sheets to change it out too. There wasn't any. There wasn't another bed to put her in. You, your first thing is get a good lawyer and sue. But why are you suing? Because you care about mama or because you care about the money? So I disagree with you all on lots of subjects. Okay. And so I I told the daddy, I said, look here, I just want to tell you that Jesus is king. I said, this situation is way out of hand. Her eyes were rolled back. At, all you could see was the whites of her eyes, and she was definitely demon-possessed. Uh, that family loved Jesus. There's no doubt about it. They were praying in tongues, but they did not. The, their praying in tongues had no effect on the devil. Now, you've got to hear me what I'm trying to teach you. It's called dominion of the Holy Ghost. It's not your personal space where you are and everybody around you. It's their business. That is not who God is. God is a kingdom God. We are responsible for each other. I never met these people in my life. I was there under obligation. Not under my own personal desire to be there to help those people. 
Did you hear me? Now, obligation changed when I saw the situation. Now it's my responsibility because I'm in the space. So therefore, the demon can't have it. So you take the hammer and you look for the resistance and you beat it. Well, what if, David, you beat it and it gets you? Then your doubt has no effect on me. I'm sorry. I don't believe that the demon can do that to me. I believe that Jesus can protect me. That's what I believe. Anyway, look. Verse 1, chapter 2, Second Timothy. So you, my son, be strong. Strengthened inwardly. Grace and spiritual blessings that's found only where? In that son. It's only in Jesus. There's no amount of you building up hours of prayer that's going to make it okay and God's going to accept it and it'll be fine. I fast all the time. Always. Always. But it's not, but it's not to to rank merit with God or position with the Holy Ghost. It is for me to submit to Him because He loves me. Drive the flesh away from me in submission to the Holy Ghost. Because there's people that I'd, uh, I'm going to inevitably run into. It's going to happen. It's my lot in life. To find circumstances and things that other people will never even see. I can't even, listen. Alright. I'll get back to all this. I have a whole lot of things I do to, to keep my mind at bay. Cause you can see that I have a pretty dominant effect on everybody. You should live with it. <laughs> it's pretty serious. I get pretty aggressive. And inside I feel super agitated all the time. You should have to live with this. So down in Mexico I've got this ranch God gave me and I've got a tractor. And I get on that tractor. I pick the hottest time of the day. I'm not like you looking for the cool and the calm. I go down there when it's 110 or 115 degrees. And I fire up that big diesel because I like power. And I got it locked in. It's a four-wheel drive, big, great big thing. Hundreds of horsepower, and I just like to hear it snort. <laughs> And I get on it, I put earplugs in. I don't have any, there's nobody can be around me, no cell phones, no, no nothing. And all I gotta do is keep the lines straight if I'm bush hogging, or if I'm till, uh, you know, disking, whatever I'm doing. All I gotta do is keep the lines straight. That, that's simple. Some out there, it's probably, I don't know that one day, it was probably, I'd say 105 maybe. 
Oh, man, I was smeltering. I was, oh, God, the baby fat was leaving me. <laughs> it was miserable. And I don't even allow her to send me with water, nothing. To you, you, you know, man, you're touched. You're right, I am. I'm a survival person. I want to be able to, if the right crunch hits, to look at it, grab it by the beard and spit in its eye and say, thank you, this was wonderful. What else you got? <laughs> that is so far from your thinking because your whole thinking is compromise everything to keep you comfortable. That's demonic. So I'm on this tractor. I'm really enjoying myself there. I mean, it's so hot and you got all these bugs and the jungle has so many uh, plants that bite and sting and just the powder or the juice of it will cause big sores and burn you. And I enjoy the challenge of that. It takes faith to go tractor where I live. And so... I hit this tree with the with the bush hog. Got too close. I think I was after the shade, probably. And out of the tree, there are snakes. This particular snake is deadly to humans. It fell on me and bit me. Now... You've read it in the Bible where Paul got shipwrecked. And you'd think that shipwrecked was good enough. No. You'd think that he didn't have faith because he didn't have good weather the whole way. That's how you think. But he didn't have it just for a few days. It was several weeks of miserable weather. And then they lost the ship and everything. And then he got on the island freezing to death. He builds a fire and a snake jumps out of it and bites him. So everybody cursed him thinking he was, ah, you're just rewards because you're a murderer or something. And then he pulled the thing off, threw it in the fire and didn't die. And they said, oh, he's a god. You see how people are fickle? See how they change back and forth? So you, you can't go by popular opinion ever. You go by the Holy Ghost always. And you'll be okay. That snake fell on me. I cannot begin to tell you how it hurts to get snake bit. I've been bit three times. And I have to say, this one was the worst. Hit me right on my arm right there. He fell flat down. And I mean, you couldn't have hit me with your fist and hurt me any harder. It, it frogged my arm where he bit me. And I held it up and he was dangling. I reach and get him and pull him off. And he made me mad at that dumb thing. I threw him down underneath the, the bush hole. Wop, wop, goodbye. But he left his fang in my arm. I had to pull the fang out. Okay, so now you got, now, now, everything, anybody in here that's medical, you understand it's not right to get bit in the first place. Second of all, especially by a deadly poisonous snake, and now your body temperature, your heart rate, and everything is against you. I'm out in heavy temperature. I've been working. Everything is negative. So what do you do? 
know y'all would say that, but what would you really do? You'd dial 911. My situation, we don't even have that. Uh, what I did is drove the tractor to a shade, called on the radio to Ms. Hogan. I said, I need you right now. Well, she and I have been married for, I don't know, I guess it's been forever. And she understands when I say those kind of terms that it's seriously negative. That little truck I got her this, uh, y'all know what a King Ranch truck is, anybody? That's what she drives. It's nice. Next thing I know, I see that thing coming down our, our ranch road at about um, 80 or 90 miles an hour. <laughs> She's flying. Nice little three-quarter ton four-wheel drive King Ranch truck, Ford, of course. <laughs> and... Uh, well, you Dodge and Chivalry people don't even have the King Ranch. I mean, you're second rate. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to get them. But I have, I, I, honestly, I have bought two Dodges now. They are, they're getting better. Chivalry's not even close. So, I wouldn't even drive it. Got to get off this. <laughs> All right. Snake. So I'm sitting there, and I'm leaned up against the tractor. Miss Hogan comes running over there. What's the matter? I said, well, I need a little help. She's looking. There's no blood anywhere. I've been snake bit, and it's a deadly poisonous snake. Well, instantly, she went white. <laughs> she brought me, put me in the truck. And I can't tell you the pain. You have to understand. Now, you've got to understand heaven is wonderful. Do you understand that from one minute to the next, my world, I was so free and doing what I like to do, manual heavy labor in the hottest, worst possible conditions. That's what I like. And then my world changed. Because my world changed, did God change? Of course not. Because Ms. Hogan is worried, does my world change? No. She brings me back home. There's an RN there. Uh, it lives, lives at our place. She checks me all out. She says, how are you feeling? I said, really bad. And I called everybody in the house together. I said, now, I said, y'all ever read in the Bible where it says where Paul says where Paul, I told them the story that I told you. I said, now you're going to get to live it. Brother David, we need to rush you to Tompico. Tompico is the closest big city that may have antidote. I said, it's too late. Calculate the time. I have two hours. It's already been 35 minutes. I'll never make it. So I don't suggest you trust in an arm of the flesh. If you can have faith in God, have it with me, because you will see me healed by daylight. And if God chooses for me to die, you can't believe how happy that's going to make me. <laughs> so I carried, they, actually it started taking effect. I started losing uh, parts. Things started happening. 
because I was so hot, uh, my body temperature was way up anyway, and it takes a long time for that to subside. It doesn't matter how you go about it. Still, it takes a while to get you back under control. Uh, they watched me periodically. I had the swelling of the fingers. I had the running of the red lines. I had the shortness of breath. I had the severe pains. I had the all of the symptoms of uh, poison in your body was on me. And then it started subsiding after a what, about an hour and a half, two hours. But I, I was numb. I started losing my tongue and. Uh, Body parts started uh, getting where they wouldn't work anymore. But, but it didn't ever go full guns productive on me. God's, God stabilized me and stopped it, and I calmed down. It calmed down, and we thought we was okay until 2, two o'clock in the morning. Ms. Hogan's asleep. I was awakened by some of the most horrendous pain you'll ever endure in your life. And I lost... Half of my body, I had a stroke. I think that's what it was. Uh, my side fell down. My arms, legs quit working. Everything went, I couldn't feel a thing. I couldn't talk. So what do you do? You take your other hand and wake Miss Hogan up and scare the tar out of her? Or do you roll out of bed on the floor and you crawl and I pulled myself up into my chair and I sit there. I mean, it, you wouldn't believe how much pain there is in those strokes and those. Man, that's horrible. And I'm sitting in the chair and I'm praying, help God, please. Please, heaven. I said, God, you know my schedule. <laughs> we got a conference in a few hours. I've got to stand up in front of a few thousand people and preach the gospel. This ain't going to work. Do you know what heaven did for me? At 3.30 in the morning, that's how long it took me to crawl without the use of my other limbs to my chair and get up in my chair. At 3.30 in the morning, there was a uh, warmth... uh, it felt like warm water or hot oil. I don't know, something like that. I don't know the right term to tell you. But it started at the top of my head and went right down my body, all the way to my feet. And when it did, I leapt out of that chair and went walking and leaping. Ms. Hogan gets up. The rest of the house gets up. Everybody's wondering. They thought I'd gone mad. But I hadn't. I'd gone healed. <laughs> Come on. There's lots of reasons I have to be aggressive. When you can pull the most, that's the second most deadly snake we have in our area. Uh, We have the fertilance, which is in our hemisphere, the most deadly in our hemisphere. There's no walking away from that thing unless God touches you. But now we're, we get about 30 to 40, uh, fertilance snake bites a year. We're 100% every year on Healy. You better listen to what I'm telling you, please. This thing's called a bone tail snake. It's very deadly. 
But Jesus healed me. Isn't that good? It's good for me. You need to hear this. You need to understand what I'm saying. It only comes through Jesus. It's mercy. <laughs> I was in between trips. I'd gone, I've been in like all these different nations in the last few months, and I was in between. I'd gone fishing. I was wade fishing in the, in the Gulf there at Padre Island. I was trying to catch some speckled trout. I really like to catch them. They're good, good fight fish, and they're good to eat, and I like it. So I was out there. I had a real nice guide. This fellow was, I mean, we was on some like two and a half, three pounders. You know, Brother Larry, that's some good stuff. And so, man, I was enjoying myself, and there had been a, a bull shark bite on a 15-year-old boy just up the coast from us. And so I had my son, Luis, who's, uh, how old is he, 17? He was between me and the fella, and the, and the boat was right there. So I put myself at risk to make sure that, I, that that's just how you do things when you're a good dad and a hero. <laughs> you always put yourself at risk so that others can be fine. And so, I'm sitting there now, I'm having a good time, got a little stringer of fish, and I noticed this big movement. The water was completely calm, and I noticed this movement under the water. It was a large fish, but it was too big to be anything we was after. So I asked, uh, asked the guy, I said, y'all had any sightings out here in the last few days, any sharks? He was probably 100 yards from me over there. He said, yeah, there's been a few. I said, well, we got one. It's right over here. He said, okay, let's head toward the boat. So we turned around, and I mean, I latched onto this fish. Wouldn't you know it, that's just how it's going to happen, the biggest fish of the day. Here you are, you got to fight him now, and you got the shark over here, shark over here. That's just how my life is. <laughs> Isn't that right, Ms. Hogan? Y'all see her all nice and calm? That's not how my life is. That's how her life is. <laughs> So I get this fish in, but he had swallowed the bait, and that means a little bit of blood, and that means, uh-oh, here we go. So I put him on the stringer, and the guy told me, look, get that, get that thing on the end of your stringer and get it away from you. I said, yes, sir. And about that time, the shark breached seven-foot bull, bull shark right there from here to that equipment back there from us. We immediately took off to try to get to that boat because he was on, he was feeding. That's danger. Do you understand? All right. Can it get any worse? Just say yes. yes. So how could it get any worse? I stepped on a ray. That thing stung me in the ankle right here. I went in the water, the pain, and y'all been stung by a ray. Don't. It, every bit, it, it had every bit of the pain of that snake bite. But it wasn't deadly. But it sure hurt. I made it to the boat. They pulled me out of the thing. My leg was already paralyzed. They pulled me into the boat. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? I'm supposed to be out here fishing, having a good time. I get sharks and rays on me. Your life is no different than mine. 
But the sharks and rays and the snakes are just different. You hear me? Yours is malls and success. <laughs> Mine is snakes and rays and sharks. <laughs> Come on. You have to resist it. You have to bow to the Holy Ghost and be a soldier. To be the anointed of the Holy Ghost. As soon as I got to land, I called my wife. She gets on the internet. She finds out all these doctor's information on how to take care of it. You know how you take care of it? Anybody? Hot water. Hot as you can stand it. Turn your skin red. Good. Get in there. Calms that poison down somehow. I have no idea how. I got healed of that. The shark didn't bite me, and I did get my fish. There. Everything's all right. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm telling you? It don't make a difference. I, I, nah. Be strong, strengthen inwardly in the grace, spiritual blessing that is to only be found in God. And the instructions which you have heard from me from by so many witnesses, transmit and trust as a deposit to reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others. I have to tell you that the hammer will not be given to unqualified people. You are not made to be a qualified person by your personal abilities. How you pray, when you pray, the particular way you pray, how much Bible you read or don't read, how much you fast or don't fast. Those things are for your personal improvement. They are not what qualifies you with God. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> In answer. How about that? You are qualified through grace and mercy. And by your ability to submit to Him, ever what that takes. Now that, 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 that leans on works again. But you gotta stay away from thinking. Your mind cannot be allowed the privilege to think that it's because of your goodness of any sort. You are qualified because of Jesus. The snake bit me, did what it naturally does. It wasn't his fault. The poison God made it, not to hurt me, but it happened. He healed me. The ray, done what he does, protected himself. I stepped right on top of him. It wasn't his fault. The shark, he was doing what he does. Do you hear me? But it's the anointing and the instructions of the Holy Ghost that qualifies you to be healed from all these things. Hallelujah.
Jump to verse 14. Of these things put in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. I was trying to explain to pastor yesterday how I used to be under so much pressure to, when I get up, to have a, a dynamic word. And, and, and God's blessed me. I've got some amazing, He's given me so much revelation. I, I really do have dynamic things to say. It's wonderful. But now I've been released from it. I'm not worried about what you think about what I say. It doesn't have any profit how I impress you with my words or how I put them together. What impresses you is how a snake can fall on me and bite me, and it's deadly poisonous. When I went out to service that day, and I told the brothers what kind of snake bit me, and I showed them the bite, they fell on the ground in fear. <laughs> because of the millions of, millions of hours they have of corporate understanding of how bad that snake really is. And for me to be there shouting and jumping and running and speaking in tongues the way I do things, they were just really put out. It put them out. I mean, it scared the fire right out of them. See, that's impressive. It's impressive that the ray hits you, the shark tries to bite you, and they don't. They can't beat you. It's not about what you say. It's all about what you say. Isn't that something? All right. They strive not about words to no profit or to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show yourself approved to who? To who? Who, do we, who should we approve? Who should we approve? Be approved by God. <clears throat> this so amazes me. A workman that needs not be ashamed... Rightly dividing the words of truth. Do you, do you understand why? All right. Back in Fiji, in Sabu. Go in that, go in that hospital. This seriously negative situation. The woman's been in a, the doctors won't, there's nothing they can do for her. I, I forgot the name. It was a real long name of this disease they thought she had. And finally the doctor told the, the husband, it's a devil. It is a devil. The doctors told the family it is a devil. We go in. We, we observe the situation. Do you know how long it took me to pray for that lady? Can anybody guess? Less than two minutes. I reached and touched her. When I touched her, it was like she was electrocuted. <laughs> the whole doctor team... The whole family saw it. Our whole team saw it. But she was still the same way. In a coma. Eyes flipped. It was serious. My concern wasn't her. It doesn't take but a couple of minutes to fix that. What's the problem? The family...
They're praying in tongues. They're reading Bible. It's not working. Something's wrong with that. Nearly every person sitting in this room right here, you've come to the point where you know that what I just said is the problem. But you don't know how to fix it. I did. Isn't that something? I turned and walked over to that daddy, the husband. How you doing? Not too good, Brother Hogan. So I took his hand. I said, that just changed. And he looked at me. He looked at his wife. He looked at me again. Excuse me? I said, because I touched you. He said, how could that change things? You know what my response was? How could it not? Boy, you think a lot of yourself. Are you sure? You sure that's who I think a lot of? (laughs) Ask her if she'd tell you, but she probably won't. Here's what you do. Next verse. Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. We as a church, as a body, have got to change. It's not about you learning how to speak in tongues or learning Bible verses. It's about you learning He who gives it to you. Knowing Him. Knowing Jesus. Every one of those kids, they were all grown. All of them. A whole stack of them. Like a bunch of them. 10 or 15 kids. There was a bunch of them. I went down there touching all of them. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? What's going on? How you doing? You doing all right? How's it going? <laughs> and they always looking at me just like, what? Walk straight out of there, turn around, she'll be fine. I'll see y'all. God bless you. Choo. How do you know those things? How come you don't? <clears throat> Verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure having this seal. The Lord knows them that are His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I'm telling you, I'm so involved in what I'm doing. I'm so blessed that I cannot see how it can't happen. The negative that was in that hospital and all the sick and hurting people they were there, and uh, all the impossibilities had no have no effect. They can't, and you be successful. But for me, what is success? Success is Jesus to me. 
I want that lady healed, but that will not make me successful or not successful. Do you understand that? But Jesus will. We got in the trucks. They brought me to the hotel. I had time to take a shower, change clothes, right back to the conference. (laughs) Didn't even have time to eat. We had to go take our eat time to the hospital. So, They got through praise and worship. It was just fixing to get dark. There was a taxi pulled up to that thing. This fellow comes running up in there. I didn't know who he was, but he was way out of his mind. He was screaming and shouting and out of control. And he should have been in control. He was old enough fellow to know better. But do you know who he was, anybody? The husband. Because we had a serious problem. Before I ever got my water running in my bathtub at the hotel, the woman got up healed. Completely healed. And she was released from the hospital. And the husband, they, they, all the, the, the head pastor, all he did was just hold the microphone out to him and just... He just took it. I didn't even have to preach. As a matter of fact, all, all I did was walk up there, read a verse, and then went to praying for people. When miracles happen, you're obsolete. Did you hear what I said? They didn't need me. Who they needed was there. See? You follow me? I didn't have to talk. Jesus was there. I could get on a jet and go see this Hogan. That would be nice. <laughs> but there's no jet out, so you got to wait. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with what's going on with us. There's a church in Miami. All of my kids, I used to fly through Miami so much going to when it, when it was only Eastern Airlines. Y'all remember Eastern, anybody? They were the only ones that went to South America in those days. And so we all, all, all flights to South America went through Miami. And so all of my kids grew up, us going to South America. And every one of them did the same thing. Daddy, are we going to your Ami? Or is it Mama's Ami? <laughs> and then one day the pilot said, We'll be in Miami shortly. And my little daughter, who's now grown, she looked at my, my wife and said, That's your Ami, Mama. He said it was his. <laughs> Y'all don't have kids. Y'all don't understand how fun it is to raise them. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Well, anyway, in Miami, there's a church that I suggest every one of you flying down and going and being in the service. It's the largest Hispanic church in the United States. 10,000 members. 
They are on fire. I'll be there in October with uh, Brother T.L. Osborne. Listen to me. I didn't know there was a place in the United States like that. I had no, I didn't have a clue that there existed a territory at war. They were building a new building at seat 10,000, and they brought me over to it. Is it broader? Is it brought, brought me over? That seems funny. Should it be brung? That's what seems right. Brung me to. But it's brought. I was right the first time. Okay. As soon as I stepped into that facility, God hit me. Now look, you got to, now watch. They, they didn't finance any of this. $15 million facility they paid for as they went. Every 28th of every month, the pastor had to hand the contractor a half a million U.S. You think I'm asking you to have faith. I'm around people who have faith. Hear me? You're running a church that large, plus you're building the building that big, and you're paying for it with cash. Oh, yes, that's in the United States. Serious. Sure And I looked at him. I said, what's this building for? He said, this is going to be ours. I said, excuse me, uh, that's not true. I said, do you have any more land? He said, yeah, come. We went and walked there. He had 20 acres prime for Miami. Oh, man. I said, that's what a church is going to be, and you need to go ahead and uh, plant it for 20000 He said, Brother Hogan, thank you. What's the guy that draws up the plans' names? Architect. The plans are at the architect for that stadium already. I said, 20,000? He said, yes. Good. Let's go. You got to understand that God's on the move. You don't let him move, it's not going to stop him. You sitting there saying, but Brother Hogan, and yeah, but, and what if, and all of your doubt and everything that you have, and the verses you quote me, when you say it, it's not going to stop him from moving. I went in that building, I preached seven times on Sunday. Packed service every time. One service, I can't even begin to tell you, there were hundreds. Instant, right in front of our eyes. Dale's blind, lame, Parkinson's, lupus, uh, leukemias, uh, osteoporosis, fibromyalgias, all the dreaded things. Healed. Doctor verified. But there's a couple I want to tell you, and then I'm going to quit. That really, I really, these little old ladies, there were these three little old Hispanic ladies. Different, each one of them was from a different nation. Inside that church, there are 40 nations represented that are members there. Do you understand how you can preach the gospel to the world? 
get international church. It's easy. Inauguration will be when we're there for that new building uh, in October. There are like five or six presidents coming to that thing. I can't wait to meet them. It's going to be nice. And these three ladies are there. They got nurses with them on duty because they're so sick. All three of them have Parkinson's. That's the main thing that's got them. There are other things that are, to them, minor compared to Parkinson's. And they're sitting there out of control, and these people are holding them and helping them. And here I go, me, walk up. And it looked, I mean, it looked like God planned it. It's not my fault. I was there, but God planned it. And it's all in Spanish, and I'm fluent, so I was fine. And we're talking. I'm just talking to them. And they're just, they're just as alive as you can imagine, but they're just covered in disease. And all three of them, what, what do you think they said to me at the end when I was through playing? Because I play all the time. When I got through playing, I'm ready, and I give the look. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm ready to deal with this covering. You need a new covering. You got to get this sickness off. And you got to have something else put on you. What do you think they all three said? It was simultaneous and it was all the same words. Por favor, hermano, si tú puedes ayuda. Ayúdame, por favor. Brother David, if you can help, please help me now. And my response is, pues, como no. Of course. <laughs> and it's easy. You just take all three of these people's hands. You've got all these nurses and everybody and all these elders. A whole bunch of stuff's happening. And you put them all in your hand and you stack them all up at one time. Now, see, your mind thinks it would be easier, it would be less, the devil would have less effect if it was one at the time. But my mind says, let's get it all over at once. That way I'll get to more people. So you stack them little bitty old shaking hands up in there. Now we all shake it. Jesus' name. And everybody hits the deck. Me, the ladies, the nurses, the, the, the catchers, everybody. Boo, 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 boo. And I'm laying down there. Oh, no, man, I can't go out now. I still got 2,000 people. But the ladies got up first. Now watch this. One at the time, they popped up. And they were looking at each other, just jabbering in Spanish. This symptom's gone. That's gone. This ain't happening. And the pastor looked over there. He had the microphone. We're on live television. He says, did you ladies get healed? They ran up on the stage. No nurses, no nothing. No walking, nothing. And they're all up there talking about how they, they don't have this. They don't have that. Instantly, people ran to the altar. Miracles started happening. A, a girl who had been born deaf was healed. In the United States, bone spurs and heel spurs dissolved off people, calcium deposits dissolving out of people, bones and joints moving, liber, liber, limberness coming into people's bodies, arthritis is fleeing. 
así como no. The foundation of God stands sure. There, there's no change in it. It's unshakable. God knows those that are His. End of story. I got a tablet up here full of miracles. I just, and it's hard to stop. There was one fellow had a froze hip. He was on crutches and so forth, and there was people helping him also. But his leg, he couldn't. He drug it because it was froze. He had to have a. They were going to do a hip replacement. And while we, we prayed for him, God healed him. Right on the spot. And he just went up there and started doing calisthenics on television. I've got to get you to understand to be strong in the Lord Jesus. You've got to give God the credit. It's him. It's his foundation. It's his suretyship. It's his ability. It's who he is. It's what he wants to do. Would you please stand? It's pretty funny your Bible preaches pretty good. I had mine there just in case. That's it, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy about Jesus. Can you tell? I really am impressed with him. I'm blessed by him. I'm happy. To be free. I'm happy to be alive and not dead because of a snake bite. I'm happy to not have half my body dead. I'm happy that it's alive. I'm happy that the shark didn't get me. I'm happy to be healed from the ray bite. Jesus. There's many of us here today. We have outstanding problems. There are things that we tolerate. My own wife is in trouble. She's got danger. The devil's trying to kill her. And I'm just, I refuse it. No. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I need you to lift your hands to Jesus, please. I thank you for your patience with me and the time and everything. Thank you. Great Holy Ghost, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the truth of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for healing power. You know, I feel like there's been several people in here that have been supernaturally touched uh, to, to, to reckon in your spirits with the present need that's around us. And it's, there, it's, it's way bigger than any of us. 
But what I've learned in Mexico building such a large ministry, everybody likes it now because our ministry is so big and they, we're accepted by kings and presidents all over the world and all that. Everybody likes that. It wasn't that way before. <laughs> but let me tell you how it was. It was this right here, walking, finding a hut, getting one person born again at the time, eating food that I never, I'll never know the name of it. Man, getting shot at, getting shot, beat, stoned, left for dead in these rivers. I, I washed down the river, I don't know how far, several times. And God bring me back every time. That woman right there patched me up. What gives a fellow that kind of drive, you know? You do possess it. It's called Jesus. It is called the Holy Ghost. It is called the Word of Truth. It is called the foundation of God's power. It is called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Why do you keep going to people that hate you? Most people in here won't do that. And I so disagree with you. They're supposed to hate you. That's part of the package. It's what they do. It's who they are. But who they are and what they do does not have any control on me and who I am and what I do. It doesn't feel good. You're right. But emotions are not what we live with and where we are and who we are. We are spirit. We are Holy Ghost anointed. We are God people. That's who we are. And that's why we are. Jesus. Jesus. One of my biggest enemies lay bleeding out of his nose and ears and eyes from aneurysm. Just laying there shaking. Bleak blood just gushing out of this man. Even his fingertips. It was phenomenal what I was watching. Just bubbling blood, bubbling out of this guy everywhere. And I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was a black magic warlock. I did not know he was, know he was the guy that was fighting our ministry for the last 12 years. Hating me, organizing to have me murdered. I did not know that. To me, he was a dead man if God don't intervene. To me, I see a human being that needs help. And I go to him and hold him, bleeding on me. One of my nice preaching shirts. Pray for him and the blood stops. And in the morning he's healed and his whole family comes and gets born again. And he looks at me right in the face. He says, I'm sorry. And I look at him. For what? Because I've been trying to kill you. I've been organizing the stop of the gospel for 12 years. He said, you people are incredible. We can't stop you. I said, no, sir. It's not us you're trying to stop. You're fighting God, man. It's not us. You see? Do you see? 
biggest enemy is now he's one of my best friends. He will be an elder soon. And he will guide the force that he tried to stop. He's a great leader. Isn't that awesome? Come on. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to voluntarily, if y'all want to come sing something, it'd be great. If you don't, that's great too, but you're welcome to. If you voluntarily, if your heart is feeling, if your spirit is understanding, this is what I want. I want you to come up here with me. And I want you to organize around this altar to tell God thank you for letting us be alive in this generation. For letting us be chosen vessels of anointing and mercy and grace. If you have sickness and disease in your body, you're welcome to come up here also. We'll pray with you. Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Gospel power, gospel anointing, Jesus. Mercy, mercy. Thank you, Jesus. I met a man in a place called Lambasa, Fiji. He's got a Bible school with 15 Bible school students. They don't have any backing. They don't know anyone. They don't have anything. They go out in the woods and get herbs to eat. <laughs> That's all they got. I asked him, what kind of curriculum do you have? He said, we don't have any books. I said, how many Bibles you got? Two. <laughs> I said, well, what are y'all going to do we're going to take Fiji. I said, with two Bibles and 15 students. He said, absolutely. I said, I agree with you. I think you can do it. <laughs> but one of these days, I'm going to fly over. I'm going to buy him a truck. And I'm going to drive it over there. And I'm going to get out. And it's going to be full of groceries. And it's going to have curriculum in it. And it's going to have Bibles in it. And I'm going to tell them now you can do it easier. Take Fiji. But don't stop with Fiji. Take New Guinea. Take Solomon. Take Vanuatu. Take Cook Islands. We want them all. <laughs> we want them all. <laughs> you know why we want them all? Because we can do it. That's why we want them all. Because we can. <laughs> the Philippines, Micronesia, Indonesia. We can take them all. Great Holy Ghost. I'm sure we can take all of Africa. And I know just the people to do it. There's 800,000 families in a squatter village starving to death. 
I bet you I can get them born again and give them a piece of rice and they'll go get anybody saved I say to get saved. Do you believe that? <laughs> I know where there's 150,000 refugees on the Indian-Pakistan border that if we went in there and gave them something to eat, they'd even all get born again. Your worry is not voodoo. It's not Islam. Those are not your worries. Your worry is Jesus. <laughs> your worry is getting to know Jesus. Having this foundation sure. <laughs> We've got that. Isn't that some great Holy Ghost? You know these people, your people. You know their problems. You know their frailties, their misgivings, their shortcomings. You know us, God. You know us, heaven. You know who we are and what we are and why we are and when we are. Now, I want you to do something. All the torment that the devil accuses you of because of these shortcomings and these frailties and mistakes, I want you to drop it just for a minute. Let's just for a second believe that God, if we trust Him, it's big enough to overcome even us. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. We receive God. And we receive today. We receive now. We are not ashamed. We are not bashful. We are you, God. Let us be you, God. Let us be in you and you in us. Courage. Faithfulness. Discipline. Anointing. God values. God values. We ask you, God, to arise and let your enemies be scattered. Holy and anointed one. Touch us, heaven. I speak healing. I speak health. I speak life. I speak peace. I speak joy. I speak rejoicing. I speak gladness.
I speak prosperity. In Jesus' name. Flow, river. Burn us, fire. Cleanse us, Holy One. Precious blood. <laughs> Create in us a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, holy fire of the gospel. 